It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. Are you ready for it? By now, I'm sure you've heard Taylor Swift is releasing a new album. The Tortured Poets Department is set to release on April 19th. Swift is constantly in the headlines, especially around here and especially so close to the Super Bowl. She has repeatedly turned down a Super Bowl performance, but she'll still have the eyes of the world on her this weekend. Turns out there's just enough time for her to fly from her era's tour concert at the Tokyo Dome to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Swift's relationship with Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey has created an economic boom for Kansas City. Fans are retracing the couple's steps from buying jewelry at EB and Company to dining at Rye KC. Swift's appearance at Chiefs games is encouraging a wave of women and girls to become more involved in football. But there are some sports fans who resent Swift's presence and say that the media spotlight on her is distracting. But what does the Kelsey-Swift relationship mean for KC in the long term? And can we expect any references to the City of Fountains in this new album? Here to tell us more is University of Kansas professor Brian Donovan, who teaches the popular class The Sociology of Taylor Swift, Brian, good to have you here in the studio. Welcome. Thanks, Steve. Also with us is Alexis Greenberg. She's president and founder of the KU Swift Society. Alexis, good to have you too. Good morning. Good morning. So, Brian, it feels like we've talked so much already about Swift and her impact on Kansas City. But just in general, how would you describe that impact and what it means for our city going forward? I think the Swiftification of Kansas City has Swiftification. been- Swiftification. Yeah, yes. there you go. It's yeah. been great for Kansas City. The excitement is palpable. There are more women and girls watching the NFL than ever before. But in terms of the boost to the local economy, a colleague, uh, Misty Heganis in the KU Department of Public Affairs and Administration, she's writing a book called Swiftynomics. And she notes that not only are Swifties- watching the NFL, but they're also buying merch. They're buying Kansas City merch, and they're posting about the Chiefs online. And that has boosted the brand value of the Kansas City Chiefs by over $330 million. Whoa, whoa, whoa. $330 million. Before the Super Bowl. And Alexis, you're nodding your head like, of course, that's the number. It's going to be $330 million. I mean, it's insane. All the local businesses are making Taylor Swift and Chief-themed shirts. They're making rings. They're making necklaces. They're making socks. You could buy anything. That's so much money. And I bet someone like you is buying a lot of that stuff. Definitely. Are you? I am. What have you bought? I've got a shirt that says, I'm in my red era because the Chiefs (laughs) are red and Taylor has an album called Red. And it was a great gift that I received. You know, it seems like she's constantly giving us more to dissect here. Now she's announced this new album a week before the Super Bowl. Smart marketing move, Brian, or what did you make of it? I think it's a smart marketing move, and I'm so excited for this new album. I think we have to keep in mind that she wrote 
a gut-wrenching 10-minute song about a three-month relationship. She was in a relationship with Joe Alwyn for six years. So I think this album is going to be absolutely devastating. Devastating in terms of what? Just uh, emotional ups and downs. I think it's going to, I, I think the Swifties are going to need to stock up on Kleenex. Okay, do you think this new album is going to reflect on her new relationship with Travis Kelsey, or is it com- is this album coming out too soon to get to some of that? It's hard to say because we've only seen the track list. I think it's going to be a breakup album. Alexis might have a different theory. And your theory is? I've got a lot of theories, and I've been hearing a lot from all the Swifties at KU. There's no way to be sure, but a lot of the song titles uh, seem to allude to a breakup album. I would agree with Brian. So that strikes me as kind of a downer at a time when she's up, up, up. Yeah, definitely it could be. But I think that it's going to bring a lot of buzz and popularity to her music, no matter what genre it is or kind of the feelings behind the album. A new album is sure to boost her popularity and the buzz around Kansas City. And I'm hoping that she releases the album when she's in Kansas City because she's got a break from tour for about a month. Um, So fingers crossed she gets to celebrate with Travis here. Wow. You know, as we're sitting here talking, Brian, I I continue to be just sort of gobsmacked by the attention, the impact, all of this stuff on Kansas City and the rest of the country. I mean, she is so big, it's sort of hard for me to get my my arms around it sometimes. It's hard to compare it to anything. We can compare it to Beatlemania, but I think this far surpasses Beatlemania. Do you think so? I think it does. Uh, we have the the megaphone of social media, which wasn't around in the 1960s. Of course, yeah. And it seems like everywhere you turn, people are talking about Taylor Swift. And it's phenomenal because we really haven't had that kind of cultural touchstone in, in decades, really. Yeah. You know, her presence at NFL games uh, strikes me as, ca- you know, is so impressive. It's caused this increase of an estimated 2 million female viewers Can you put that in perspective for us? What does that mean for football? What does that mean for the newcomers who are tuning in? I think it's great because the NFL is opening themselves up to this new viewership. It's they see it as a win. And the Chiefs have declared that Taylor is part of the Chiefs kingdom. In turn, the Swifties have really embraced the NFL. Not only are they watching it, but they're dissecting it. They're analyzing it. They're making merch about it. And it's just an exciting time to be either a Swifty or a football fan. Alexis, did you watch NFL games before? Are you watching them now? Help me there a little bit. Are you are you one of those who's made this tr- transition? I'm definitely not watching a ton more than I used to, but I'm most certainly following it on social media a little closer, celebrating those wins a little bigger. But I've always kind of grown up watching the Super Bowl or some of those bigger playoff games. How about your fellow Swifties at KU? Do you sense that some of them are in fact watching football now and they didn't watch it before? Absolutely. We've got our group chat and whenever there's a game, everybody gets really excited. They want to see what Taylor Swift is wearing. They want to see how Travis plays. And a lot of people are learning a lot more about football and just in general, the Kelsey brothers. It's been really fun to watch. And then there's this whole notion that what she wears when she shows up at a Chiefs game becomes sort of instant social media fodder frenzy. What do you make of that? Almost everything that Taylor Swift does is dissected by her fans to interpret as a hint or a, you know, a signaling of some sort. So everything that she wears, people think, what color is it? What album does that correlate with? Is she going to announce an album? I personally can't tell based on what she's wearing, you know, if she's going to announce an album. But it's definitely fun to dissect and, and see what local businesses she's buying custom pieces from. Are you ready for it? We'll be right back. 
So she announced this new album at the Grammys the other night. Um, what was the impact of that statement? Did you know it was coming? What what impact did that have on Swifty Dumb out there? So there was absolutely this assumption that she was going to announce a re-recording at the Grammys, and many people thought she was going to announce Reputation. But I didn't see very many people talking about the implications or the the possibility of a brand new album. So it was really, really exciting for her to win Album of the Year. She is now the artist to win that the most times in history. Yes. Um, and then to announce that really set the world on fire. I got, you know, hundreds of texts from that group chat. D- did you get hundreds? Hundreds. Everybody was freaking out. They they wanted to know what genre and are we going to have a release party and what are we going to do at KU for this? And it just creates so much buzz on campus. And what do you think the impact of that announcement was, Brian? Oh, electric. And also, I, I don't want to go too far past the notion that she made history on Sunday by winning album of the year for a fourth time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a clip here. Travis and Jason Kelsey's podcast, New Heights, has this segment called no Dumb Questions, which has a Swifties version. Let's listen to a clip from that segment, then we'll talk about it. From at I said, speak now. What's a field goal? Go ahead, Jason. You just give it to me. I don't know how to f- make this. Sh-. I'm an idiot. So a field goal is when you kick the ball through the uprights. Why would you want to do that? And you get three points. You settle for three points. The goal is always to get the ball in the end zone. And when you don't, that's kind of a disappointment. The Kelsey brothers, these celebrated Super Bowl winners, are embracing basic questions like, what is a field goal? For women and girls unfamiliar with football, how much of a game changer is this? I think it definitely helps that they're encouraging young Swifties or just really any woman to get involved in it and not be afraid to ask questions. It's been a really cool segment on their podcast to have, you know, random people off of Twitter feel connected to the Kelsey brothers and especially Jason having two little girls at home. Encouraging women to get into football is something awesome. Okay, so as a Swiftie, do you listen to the podcast? I've started listening to it and I think a lot of people around the world have because they're now number one on the iTunes charts and they're becoming the biggest podcast in many countries, which is surprising since the NFL is mostly in North America. And to be clear, the draw for you is that Travis or Jason might talk a little bit about Taylor Swift, right? Absolutely. I like to hear you know, how they converse about what she did at the game or how Travis played. And generally, it's a good update on just how the playoffs are going. Yeah. Brian, I gather you listen to it too now? I listen to the clips that appear on TikTok, and despite the swearing, there's something very wholesome about it, <laughs> something kind of all-American about it that's that's really appealing. You know, I've got to ask, we're also seeing some backlash from the dads, brads, and chads, as Swift has referred to NFL fans who resent the attention she's received during games. Is this negative attitude doing anything to deter new female fans of the sport? I think it definitely is. But Jason and Travis's podcast is really helping bring a connection between, you know, girls and women and football and also dads and women. Like my dad is a Swifty and that's something that we connect on. And now we can connect about football as well. But, you know, the backlash is definitely tough. Although when Taylor won Time Magazine's Person of the Year, she did an interview where she said, I have no idea where the camera is planted and I don't know how much they're showing me on broadcast. So for the dads and the brads and the chads to tell her she shouldn't be at the game or on TV, she really doesn't have a choice of how much they broadcast her. Yeah. Well, she's clearly a trend center and her focus on Kansas City has made the world take notice. We know she spent time with Kelsey in his Leewood home. If she makes a semi-permanent home in Kansas City, I mean, what happens if they wind up breaking up, Brian? Oh, I don't want to speculate if they'll break up. I think Travis is the real deal. I think he's endgame. This is for the long haul. 
So I don't even want to entertain that possibility. But what would happen at this point if they break up? I mean, the collective thud out there, that would be rather devastating, wouldn't it, at this point? Yeah, within the Swifty fandom, there are some ex-boyfriends who have fared well, like Taylor Lautner, others that have fared not so well, like Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think if they break up, Travis will be in that former category. He'll be regarded as one of the good ones. Okay. How do you think, what would the impact be if they break up? I mean, I think that in general, the Swifties tend to side with Taylor on almost every issue. Of course. So it definitely depends. I think he treats her very well. I think from the outside perspective, you don't know a lot about somebody's relationship. But I agree with Brian. He seems he seems like the real deal. And hopefully the breakup songs aren't too devastating. Well, but to be clear here, isn't the entire world now expecting the second royal wedding of the century, which is, you know, the two of them walking down the aisle in some giant cathedral and national TV live coverage and helicopters and the whole thing? Isn't that where we're at right now? And if it doesn't happen, look out below. They are definitely the closest thing we have to American royalty at this point. But I think if we expect a quick wedding announcement, we should study the lyrics of her song Lavender Haze, where she rejects some of the trappings of domesticity and marriage. Meaning you think she's not going to rush into anything here. Exactly. I think she's going to take her time with this. And you think so, too? You know, I can't really be sure. If I knew her personally, maybe I could speak on it. But I think, like, (laughs) it's a very nuanced topic. I think um, private weddings are definitely in right now. So I'm not sure it'll be royal wedding type extravagant. You know, the other thing that strikes me about all this is the tourism that this seems to have generated for Kansas City. I mean, we have people now from all over the world coming here to catch a glimpse of these celebrities. How do you think that's changing our town? I think it's amazing. And what is remarkable is that the Swifties have kind of made the Chiefs America's football team. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's how Bob Costas is talking about us now. We're America's team. It's undeniably good news for Kansas City, in my opinion. Yeah. And the fashion scene is exploding. Of course, we had events like Loverfest in the West Bottoms and viewing parties for the Eras Tour movie. How are small businesses capitalizing on all this? I was actually at Loverfest, and it was a great event. A lot of local businesses selling Swifty merch or Swifty adjacent merch. And there was, again, a kind of excitement in the air that I, I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, this new album, The Tortured Poets Department, is coming out in April, April 19th. And again, it sounds like you guys are saying, don't hold your breath for lots of Travis references, lots of references to Kansas City. Maybe it's too soon for that. Am I catching that, Alexis? Yeah, she absolutely said at the Grammys that she's been working on this album for two years. Okay, and so, so I'm just not that, sure that, that they'll predates be predates all this then, right? Yeah, absolutely. There might be a couple of songs, you never know, maybe some bonus tracks. But for the most part, if she's been working on it for two years, I'm, I think it'll be you know, not about Travis. Do you feel the same way, Brian? I do. I think it's going to be mostly a breakup album about Joe Alwyn. Uh, but we never know with Taylor Swift. Okay. We'll have to just wait and see what happens here. Well, that's University of Kansas professor Brian Donovan. He teaches the popular class, the sociology of Taylor Swift over at KU. And Alexis Greenberg joined us again. She's president and founder of the KU Swift Society. How many members do you have in that thing? Right now we've got 1,000 Instagram followers, about 400 people in our group chat, and maybe 
45 that show up to our events regularly. And what do you do at your events? Like what happens? We do all kinds of stuff. So hopefully we're having a release party. We're having crafts night coming up soon, a speed friending event for Swifties at KU to meet each other and make some new connections. It's a lot of fun. Do you have to be like um, a KU student to belong to your group? Unfortunately, you do. Okay, so older folks can't join. Unfortunately (laughs) not, but you can also hold your own events with your friends. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you both for coming. I sure appreciate it. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.